This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. I'm Larry Port, CEO of Rocket Matter. So I'm reading this awesome book right now. It's called Crucial Conversations. Perhaps you've read it. Apparently, they've sold 3 million copies, which means that basically like 1% of all Americans have read this book. So the whole idea is like, how do you have high stakes conversation and how do you talk and not get emotional and do all these kind of things? So, uh, so I was reading it and um, here's this kind of, this is from the opening chapter. So they say in the book, and I'm just going to read it. It says, as people sit through an open discussion where ideas are shared, they take part in the free flow of meaning. Eventually, they understand why the shared solution is the best solution and they're committed to act, right? So if you're having dialogue and people can understand why the, best, the shared solution is the best solution, the best solution, so on and so forth, then they'll act, right? However, when people aren't involved, when they sit back quietly during touchy conversations, they're rarely committed to the final decision. Since their ideas remain in their heads, they end up quietly criticizing and passively resisting. Hmm. And then it went on to say, people might say they're on board, but then walk away and follow through half-heartedly. Sometimes we rely on hints, sarcasm, caustic humor, innuendo, and looks of disgust to make our points. We play the martyr and pretend we're actually trying to help. So I thought this was really interesting because I just picked up this book. I've had crucial conversations sitting on my coffee table for the better part of a year. And I have to say it is pretty awesome. Uh, I would highly recommend it. We could revisit it in a later podcast. But the reason that I thought it was interesting is because last week I was doing a lot of work on this notion of why legal software implementations fail so often. So in general, in the software community, there's this frightening statistic, which is that 88% of all software implementations either fail completely or they're over time or over budget, but it's very rare when they're completed on time and on budget. And I've been working with law firms for over a dozen years now and thousands of law firms, and I've seen law firms succeed and I've seen law firms fail. So I've, I've seen law firms make a huge investment in us and then just the whole process completely breaks down and they're unable to get buy-in and adoption internally and all that money they paid us completely wasted. So you know, we set about kind of exploring some of the reasons why uh, these things fail. There's, there's data out there and there's reasons out there. We, um, we published an ebook on this and we, in, in doing research, we found data from a standish group. And a lot of it has to do with just communication and, and getting buy-in from people. So um, in, in, in terms of a law firm, and I, I don't want to paint anyone in a corner and I don't want to uh, label anyone or stereotype anyone or, but I will say this, and this is true from me, from a vendor's perspective. And when I talk to a lot of IT consultants, they say the same thing. Probably the biggest problem when you're adopting software for a law firm is what happens with the people that are running your books, the back office people, the accounting people, the admins, and so on and so forth. Usually, attorneys are delighted when they go to a new system, especially when they're leaving a old system, like when they're leaving a system that requires an older version of Windows and they're unable to use their iPhones or iPads on it. Uh, and, and they go to a system like ours where they're completely mobile and they're using modern technology. They're, they're usually happy 
as can be with a new technology. Now, the problem usually arises, uh, like we've observed, with the back office admin functionality. And, and, and the reason that is oftentimes is because they have not been brought into the evaluation process of the software sufficiently. So, um, you know, as, as we've gone on, we said, oh, we, we make sure that all stakeholders are there. We always ask if the back office person, if the admin person is going to be there. And the one thing that we watch out for dur during our sales process is, is that silence. We notice that if the back office admin person is not asking questions, and that is a sign that something is amiss. So, um, you know, when we talk about why your legal software implementation is doomed to fail, I would say that, you know, if, if you're a managing partner and you're insisting on moving forward and you want your law firm to modernize, if you do not involve your back office accounting people genuinely in the process, meaning, you know, solicit their feedback, make sure they're part of the process, make sure they're part of the selection, make sure they have all their doubts answered, then that's probably the number one area where you would fail. The other thing is that what we see, and, and this is also supported by the data in the Standish group, is that law firms often fail when they don't train their staff. So, you know, unskilled workers approaching software is another major reason why software fails because people aren't using it the right way. And, you know, you might, you know, Rocket Matter is pretty easy to use software. But that said, it's still a billing system for a law firm that tracks cases and matters and has deadlines and all this critical stuff. You start using it wrong and then things go wrong. And so you got to keep in mind that when you adopt new software, it's not just about the software. You've had 15 years of different habits because no two software pieces are exactly the same. You know, we work very differently than the way PC law works. There's some functionality that, has, that we have in common, and ultimately we solve the same things. But, you know, we have different screens, we have different layouts, and processes are going to have to change. Now, when processes have to change, a lot of people get nervous in a law firm. They get threatened. They feel like they're... They're, I mean, they're a cog in the big machine and they feel that when a process changes, all of a sudden their place in that machine is not so certain anymore. So people can get really threatened just by introducing new software because you're doing more than just introducing software. You're, you're changing who does what and how they do it. So that can be frightening for people. So the, the, the tendency is to say, oh, we can't use this because it doesn't work with our process right? That's the thing you're going to hear a lot. When you adopt new software, one of the reasons that you might end up in a failure situation is people say, we can't use this software because it doesn't fit into this process. You got to take a look at the process. Sometimes processes are developed over the course of like a dozen years to patch problems that have come up, whether with the software or with something else going on, right? So every process that you're doing along the way really needs to be kind of questioned and make sure that it cleaves best with the software. You're, you're going to be most successful when you reevaluate how you operate in conjunction with the software. Again, no two pieces of software are exactly the same, and you're going to have to use them in different ways. And you're going to have to train. So make sure your workers are skilled on the new software, make sure they have buy-in, make sure you adjust your processes. And that's, I would say, half the battle right there.
So, you know, um, for those of you that haven't seen it, we do have an ebook on this. You can get it at bit.ly forward slash rmbadadvice.com. That's bit.ly forward slash rmbadadvice. And we go into all these things if you want to see it in more detail. Uh, another thing that uh, causes problems is that, you know, you, you got to really understand the, the economic motivation of the players involved. So usually when you're purchasing legal software, you have guys like me who are vendors and you have IT consultants. So ben, vendors, I'll tell you where we get our bad rap is we end up, and we don't do this here um, because we find that it never works out. A lot of vendors overpromise and underdeliver. For us, if if there's something that uh, we don't do very well, or there's something that we're lacking that you absolutely need, we will disqualify ourselves because what happens if you go and um, assume that it's there? Well, you're going to find out that it's not there, and you're going to be gravely disappointed, and the, the thing will fall apart. And you know that's just not something that anybody wants. It's a horrible thing. Um, so, but however, what I would say is that there are some very uh, aggressive salespeople out there for software organizations, and you got to understand that they're under pressure to deliver quota every single month. And they're under pressure to deliver quota every single month because the uh, firms are required to hit revenue every single month. So, you know, you, you got to understand that where these people are coming from. And, and, and if, there, if it does not appear that the functionality that you truly need is in that software, then either ask them to build it for you or move on. Because if you can't live without it and they don't have it, you're going to end up with a failure situation. That's something that you don't want. So really push hard if, if there's must-haves that you absolutely must-haves for the, for the smooth functioning of your law firm. And it may be as simple as a specific report that you look on on a daily basis that you're not even thinking about when you talk to the software vendor. So really think hard about the things that you can't live without. The other thing is that uh, you need to watch out for legal IT consulting vendors. And I mean, keep in mind that those guys too are salespeople in a way because they get reimbursed by a lot of software vendors based on what software they sell. So for example, um, you know, certain software out there has uh, exhaustive consulting networks and they get a certain percentage of the software that they sell. Not only that, but a lot of times IT consultants are more inclined to recommend software that's difficult to configure because they make uh, billable time off of the configuration of that software. So when you have software that requires on-premise servers or you have software that's impossible to use right out of the box that you have to spend a lot of time configuring, then push back. Question the IT consultant. Is there stuff that might be easier for us to like purchase and configure that isn't so complex? Right, so we have a whole list of questions in the ebook. Um, if you're interested in, in taking a look at that, so you know, taken together, all these things are areas where you really need to explore if you want to have a successful software implementation. And again, if you have any questions for me, you can always reach me at Larry at RocketMatter.com, and you can download our ebook at bit.ly forward slash rmbadadvice. Thank you so much for listening. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content.